So we had promised uh, special guests and awesome guests in this podcast, and today we are delivering with two more. Miss um, Candy Owens, Danny's mom, for those who don't know, and Uncle Marcus, Danny's uncle. Thank you guys so much for joining the Danny Rump Classic Podcast. Oh, thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Um, so I actually want to start with uh, one thing when I first walked in here and noticed there's a lot of awesome um, pictures and art uh, commemorative of, of Danny. Miss um, Candy, can you share a little about uh, some of the work of art around here? Yes. Um, the picture behind us was made um, by a gentleman in Kentucky with the wings. Um, I love their picture. That's mm -hmm. one of my favorite pictures. Um, above us, we have a clock with all the different, um, it's all of him. <laughs> yeah. And that was a gift to me. Yeah. I love that. No matter when, whether it works or not, it's going to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then on my wall on the side, I have um, top is the family. Um, Danny from when Danny was a baby and till he got grown and um down in the middle we have all the different tournaments and i have my board members all the people that have stayed in my life through this tragedy that mm -hmm. from beginning up until now yeah so for episode one we were with mike morak and episode two sharif hanford and sharif bray and uh both of them gave a little insight into just their experience of who danny was as a person um for you guys how do you how do you describe Danny to people who maybe didn't really know him or were fortunate enough to get to meet him, spend time with him? Well, for me, um, Danny was quiet. Um, he, he wasn't an outspoken kid. Like, he didn't speak a lot, but he was one of those kids that when he did speak, uh, people listened and um, to himself, family, very family oriented, uh, loved being with his mom, his grandmom, uh, his uncles and all. He loved um, my friends, circle of friends when they come home. He loved playing with us uh, because we, they all watched him grow up. Mm -hmm. um, but the stories, some of the stories that I remember from coaches uh, who coached him uh, summed it up and was saying that he would go, they would go to the game at times and sometimes forget Danny was in the van, you know, <laughs> because he's just so quiet. Yeah. So, you know, and then when he get out, you know, his, his game spoke volumes, mm -hmm. you know. And so he, he did all this talk on the court. It wasn't a lot of lip talk at all, but when he was on the court, you knew that he was on the court. Mm -hmm. Danny, um, with me, Danny was very comical, uh, joked around a lot. A lot of his coaches asked me, you know, did he ever laugh? Did he ever joke? Because he, <laughs> he just took basketball so serious. You mm -hmm. know, when it came to basketball, he was very serious about it. Um, he was a giving person. Uh, he had he was mentoring, he was mentoring kids in Philadelphia. He was mentoring kids in Kentucky. I okay. didn't find out until we went to Kentucky, and all these kids just started running up and telling me all the things that he did for them. And even the kids here, they would come to me, and Danny gave me these this pair of pants, these sneakers. Before he left college, he would collect what he could, and he would bring it home and give it to the kids. What he didn't give to the kids down in Kentucky, mm. um, he loved family. He loved family. Family was his family and his friend. Well, his friends was his family also, uh, but he loved his family. He he looked up to his uncles, you know, and what they said, 
well, that that was just it, you know. Even down to like the potty training thing, he didn't. He just <laughs> yeah. took off his diaper and handed it to me and told me he was going bathroom like with his own. <laughs> so it was no potty training. <laughs> there was no potty training. Um, he loved being around people. He hated confusion, mm -hmm. you know. And he and his friends, you know, they all tell you that he he was the peacemaker. Mm. He kept the peace all the time, you know. And he loved basketball. He he slept. And after he got over his wrestling stage, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. had every wrestling doll you can name. Oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> Everybody. Just to go back to the part about um, the giving and mentoring in Kentucky, I know Sharif Hanford always tells a story about the time that he saw Danny like actually give the shirt off his back to someone. Yes, and how giving he was here. I don't think I knew much about him being giving or a mentor in at, when he was at Western Kentucky. Can you share a little more about that? Um, I didn't know either, like I said, until I went down and um, a lot of the kids' mothers had came to me and uh, was telling me all that he had did for their kids. Um, a lot of them had behavior problems and they was they told me they don't know what he did, what he said, but for some reason he just got them in the right direction. So I was very, very proud of that. Um, and far as giving, yes. He, he has given people the shirt off his back, the sneaks off his feet, you know, and he always say he got that from me. He tell people that he got that from me, but um, he just, he loved, he loved mentoring the kids. Mm -hmm. He really did. Um, when he came home here, when he came back from Kentucky here, he would take a trunk up to the playground. Wow. And just hand it out to the kids. That's great. <laughs> uh, so, Uncle Marcus, you also have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Um, I'm curious if you just kind of shed some light on how you explain it to people, what it is, uh, what it means. And I know there are obviously aren't a lot of clear symptoms to go with it, but right. just kind of share a little about your experience with that. Uh, my experience, mine came from I was always raised with a heart murmur. And so I've always, uh, when I go get my physicals, I had my heart checked uh, from my primary care doctor. So one particular year, um, they wanted me to go to a cardiologist and get it checked out more. And so that's when I was diagnosed with it. And it was, uh, actually was diagnosed. Danny knew about it cause we had talked prior to him coming home that weekend and he was coming home worried about me having it and not being able to play no more. Um, until I finished going through my workout workups, you know, with the doctor and all, but there's no, there's no, it's not sim no symptoms most of the time. Um, if you're lucky, you'll get a symptom like a uh, hand gathers. You may pass out and um, you can get up or you may be winded, feel winded, doing, going up steps, something like that. But uh, a lot of cases, uh, this sudden crack right hits immediately. And it's a shutdown. It's an electrical shutdown of your heart. It just completely stops. And so the quickest thing that need to be done need to be CPR, but also because of the electrical situation, that's why the AEDs are so important because the AEDs re shut it down and then re spark it back up and get it, get it going again, if you're lucky. So, um, when, so when it, when that happened to Danny four days after we, I kind of told the family that I had it, that was, you know, so devastating to us. Cause it was like, wow, like he was, I just told him I had it and how we losing from it. So, of course, that was just devastating uh, to all of us. And also on top of that, he was coming down to my house that Monday afterwards to kind of go over his tapes and look at some things and oh, yeah. improve, yeah, to see where we can improve on his game and things like that. Um, so, yeah, but the disease itself is something that you just, a lot of times you don't get any warnings. Your warning is you going down. 
And that's the scary part about it. And that's why it's so important to get CPR out here taught to people as well as get people to learn how to do AEDs because that's the only thing that's going to kind of re reignite your heart and get it back pumping. Yeah. So I don't want to spend too much time on this, but obviously a lot of people know the story of how Danny passed during a pickup basketball game. It was uh, May 8th, 2005. That was Mother's Day. Um, and I think that our brains work in a funny way where when you kind of go through a traumatic event, you sort of remember blips of moments and things passing and sometimes sort of oddly specific things. I'm curious, just kind of in the weeks that followed, uh, what you sort of remember about that time period for yourselves individually. Well, one of the things was the media. I had no idea that I would be attacked by the media the way that I was. You know, that was because I looked at Danny not as a basketball player. That was my son, you know. So I never expected the media to come at me the way they was. Like to the point my brothers had to be here, you know, for for at least a week or two, you know, to kind of just take over and take care of that part of it because, you know, people just was shoving mics in my face or, even sitting outside, we were sitting outside, somebody pretended to know him and it was a reporter. So that that really, you know, kind of took me, you know, by surprise. Um, the other biggest thing is just the hole in your heart. You know, it's just a big hole in your heart, big piece of your piece of my life just was missing. You know, and it, it and I stayed down for a long time and, you know, questioned God and Try to, you know, go into a depression, but Danny used to do this thing called a wet willy <laughs> in my <laughs> ear. <laughs> and I was really laying down and I'm crying and I just felt that. And I just felt like, okay, it's time to get up and do something. And, uh, and it was funny because we were thinking on the same thing because I didn't know that other people had died at the recreation center the way Danny did. And when I found out, I just, made these alert cards um, and I rode around and I put them in people's door, put them in people's cars. You beat me to this, by the way. You know I was going to ask you about this. I Whenever Miss Candy has a mic in front of her face, I always make her tell this story. So I'm glad you're beating yeah. me to it, but continue. I, I was sitting in the park crying and uh, the lady just walked up to me and said, I've been looking for you. And I said, me, you sure? And she said, yeah, and she handed me the card. And she said, you saved my son life. And I went to him after that point said, you know, you got to do something. Yeah, and for me, it was, I know just the whole, that whole day, he was playing ball with, um, I wasn't, I couldn't play. So he was playing with my peers that morning. And then he hung out with us, as he always do for hours. So then we both kind of came home from Mother's Day, came here. And so that even when it happened, it was more to me, that out of body experience, like I can, by me living in Delaware, I had to drive up. And so family is trying to keep me abreast on what's going on, where he's at. And, and so I'm looking at myself, you know, literally jumping out of bed, throwing clothes on, getting in the car. It's kind of that kind of feeling, watching myself drive up the highway and then getting to the hospital and seeing all the friends, you know, and family and everyone in the community there. And then later on, just in that week, yeah, it was just, the big thing that stood out to me was just how many um, people was here for us. You know, our our family, our friends, people we grew up with um, was, was here every night. You know, my sister didn't need, or my mom, they didn't need anything. Friends was bringing food, water, you know, whatever, whatever they needed. Um, you just, 
seeing the community in which we were raised in come together for us um, and was there for us uh, each and every day, all the way up to and through the funeral and everything. Yeah. yeah. So the foundation starts shortly thereafter. Ms. Ken, you mentioned coming to Marcus Smith. We need to do something. Um, just how, how did the foundation start? Mike came and they insisted about having a basketball tournament. Well, it started. <laughs> no, it started like we were at the, it was the funeral and I was getting, I just, I'm starting to get, I knew about the other young man. Um, um, yeah, that passed away, Ariel. Um, passed away up on us in our hands outside of the room and so yeah um and so then i started getting things on computer about hearing other people started sending me things about other athletes collapsing so it it got to a point where it's like wow this is something that's really really happening a lot that unless you experienced it you just didn't know because mm -hmm. you know you weren't getting the word like that and so it was around the same time she was uh thinking when she was i came to her and said candy you know we we really need to do something to help keep this from happening to anybody else and she immediately without hesitation yeah you're right we do and so we had i said well let's do a foundation and let's focus on prevention of keeping kids from collapsing, we can put the fibrillators because our rec centers don't, didn't have fibrillators. So we took on this mountain mission of let's put the fibrillators in all rec centers. Yeah. And so that's where it was, it was born. And that was our, still is our mission. Um, and then Mike and the gangs came back later down and said, well, we want to be able to honor him in our own way. And uh, the Rum Classic was born through that. I think the average person probably doesn't know just like where to start when you start a foundation. Uh, what are some of the early steps you have to go through to get it off the ground? And did you guys have anybody in your lives that maybe you look to to say like, just advice on how to go about starting it? Well, with me, I was fortunate because I had a, um, I was in business um, general office and I ended up being friends with, uh, I'm sorry, I ended up being friends with my CPA his name is Anthony Fanti, and I told him, I said, listen, you know, me and my brother want to do this foundation, and he said, okay, when y'all want to do it? I said, now, <laughs> and he said, okay, and he said, I'm sending some papers to sign. I'm going to have Adam, his name is Adam Belloff. He was another friend of mine, which was a lawyer. They got together with me, went over the paperwork, I took all Mark and told him that they was going to, you know, what they was doing. And next thing I know, they sent me papers and they had set it up for me. And so, yeah, it's been since 2006, five, five, yeah, August 2005. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a right away thing. Yeah. So one thing I didn't know, Uncle Marcus, you had, uh, I think, sent in a testimony for uh, for a house bill um, to get uh ad's in rec centers and for cpr training uh what do you remember about that experience i don't know if you just sent it in or if you had a chance to testify in person but um, no we just sent it, uh we were working we had partners started working with uh other organizations uh rachel moyer the greg moyer foundation dr vetter they all reached out to us yeah since 2010 right yeah and yeah. um and so one of the things um we, we focused on this that we, we wanted to get that 
in law that you know all recreations and facilities like that need to have them in there and we figure if the law get passed then we can get it'd be easier to get funding for and get them and get the machines into the building yeah and so yeah that was a piece that uh working with them we wanted to do but they kind of um we all tried as all organizations came together to try to get that bill because we knew just one wasn't going to move the needle sure so Youth Heartwise, Dr. Vetter, Greg Moyer uh, Foundation, Rachel, and many others. Um, you know, we all just—they all is in that fight. You know, to try to get uh, laws passed for this. Yeah, and this was you guys getting connected through other organizations, mm -hmm. just based on the work you were doing. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so I think when most people think about the foundation. A lot of it can be sort of just twofold, which is the heart screenings and CPR training and the Danny Rumpf classic. But I don't know if a lot of people know that there's so much else that goes on within the foundation and in the community. Uh, I'm curious if you guys could shed some light on some other things that the foundation does and some of the other work that you guys do uh, in the Philadelphia community. Three times a year, I try to do a community outreach major, like not just a little. I try to feed them. I try to clothe them. Um, I do winter and uh, summer and fall. Um, a lot of people we give to families, like I have families that get in contact with me that they might have had a fire or they just can't pay their bills and stuff like that. And I go around and I try to get what they need, their clo get clothes, get groceries for them and different things like that. A lot of kids, um, I started dealing with foster care so i started dealing with a lot of the group homes and um during christmas when we have extra gifts from um, our christmas giveaway i reach out to the group homes some of the group homes because some of them they give them money to get kids and some of them they don't well i put it some some of the money get misused and the kids don't get and I try to give different things to them. Also, the nursing homes. A lot of people are being brought into these nursing homes, street people, without clothes. So I go around to it's a few nursing homes in the area that know me very well. And I go to them and ask them, you know, what do you need? And most of them, they need clothes, they need shoes. So when I have giveaways, what I have left, I try to divide between the nursing homes and the shelters in the area. Yeah, so that's that's what she does. That's our passion, and that's kind of that falls under what we call our homeless uh, program that we uh, we hold dear to our hearts, both our hearts. Because I try to do a little bit in Wilmington as well, do for the homeless down there, and we donate to shelters and things in, in Wilmington. Um, but the other um, things we're doing, uh, we have our uh, Save a Life, Don't Take a Life program now, is which is like youth programs. Uh, so this year we did a STEM, we partnered with the Boys and Girls Club and we did a STEM program at their facility. We have a uh, Youth Heart Watch CPR class every month with them at, a, at different facilities with them. Uh, we did a culinary program with them this year that went well. Um, and so now we have another one uh, here, we hold at the rec center, uh, Sharif actually is holding this one, it's called the um, Boxing to Basketball program where the kids get an hour workout boxing an hour work and workout basketball i didn't know about that that's yeah pretty cool. so that started about a month ago okay so that's a 10-week program through the summer and so yeah so we're focusing uh we know that our mission will always be to put defibrillators 
in the rec centers. We just donated 12 of them to all. Um, we just gave all the Boys and Girls Club a defibrillator. So we just did that. And we'll we'll continue to donate uh, defibrillators to uh, local organizations so they can have them with them on the field, whether it's a football, basketball team, they can, they can carry them with them. Uh, we actually donated one year with us out in California to the Drew League. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, we donated a defibrillator to them uh, this summer. And so that will always be our mission, but because of the city and, and all that's going on in the city, we, we know we want to use our name to try to do more in the city as far as for the youth and help curve some of this violence out here. Mm -hmm. And so we just wanted to use our name and, and, and start trying some other programs. Uh, we want to do a podcast program in the future for young kids to allow them to speak out and let them speak for themselves. Um, I'd love to do our coding program, you know, mm -hmm. so we just want to offer them something that will introduce them to something that they may take and carry on and, and make something with, with, with their lives with. Yeah. The, yeah. Like I said, I mean, the Danny Rumpf, uh, the Daniel E. Rumpf, the second foundation is so multidimensional and the work you guys do is so multidimensional. Uh, I felt like that I was one of those people that sort of only saw those two dimensions. Mm -hmm. And then Miss Candy and I were on the phone maybe six months ago in the <laughs> winter and her, she was telling me about pretty much everything the foundation <laughs> does. And I'm just sitting there kind of listening like, she yeah. like there's another one so i'm doing this i'm like oh that's real husband right. oh and there's this and there's this and an hour passed and i was like it's an, it's it's yeah. really awesome so i guess i would ask how do you feel like the foundation the work you guys do and the work of the tournament and, and everything kind of collectively has made an imprint on uh the community of philadelphia oh i think it made a great impact because you know people come up all the time and thank us yeah just thank you know thank you for doing what you're doing you know from the heart screening to giving them something to eat you know they they just really they're appreciative about it so that makes it even better for us doing it because they show their appreciation and it's just so much you know the kids are getting so lost out here that we need these extra activities for them because nobody else is really offering them you know to get them off the street so little things that we're doing even helping with the um, boys and girls club you know and i sat and watched the kids do cpr and really get excited about it you know and whoever thought that and you don't know until you try yeah so that's that's our main thing to get out here and try these different things with these kids and show them different things and and they really sit there and and comprehend and want to get involved and and it's really it's a good sight to see. It's really is. Yeah, for me, I think it's um it's rewarding for us when we like you said we hear our peers, our family, our community come back to us and say, hey man, we love what y'all doing. We appreciate it, uh, especially in our heart screening when a mom you know when we find issues and and. You know, the parent come back and say, well, we thank you for doing it, for doing this. Those are the moments that make it all worth it. Work, yeah. makes it all worthwhile yeah. is when, you know, we find three kids with an issue and they go get it checked out. And it may, some may be serious, some may not, but the fact that we found it and they're going to be here, you know, we know they can be here now. And so that makes it all worthwhile. Or when someone come off the street and say, you know, we our scholarship, you know, we thank you so much, you know, for the scholarship that you know, we gave my son or my daughter. Um, so it's, that's, those are the rewarding times that make it all worthwhile, you know, make sure we want to get up every day and continue is those, those moments when people just come back and just say, thank you for what you're doing yeah. in the community. How do you feel like the foundation has grown since 2005 or maybe things that you guys have learned along the way, 
to, to make the foundation what it is today. Because obviously the work that you guys do today and what you know and are able to accomplish is probably not something you're able to accomplish in 2005 when you're just getting started. Um, how have things changed, grown? How have you guys learned along the way? I think things change the most because we're being recognized for what we're doing. So it's giving people the opportunity to give us more funding so we can do more for the for the community. So that's like a big plus to me because, you know, the more that they give us, the more we can do. Um, the other thing is seeing how we have some volunteers that have followed us, that have volunteered since day one, and they're still volunteering, you know, and that really makes me proud because we have to be doing something good for them to come every year, you know, just to volunteer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely the funding has allowed us to do so much more. Um, and it, and it stemmed from uh, the Rum Classic. It stemmed from uh, Mike's work out there. Um, it stemmed from the city and, and our longevity. I would say that too. The, yeah. the years putting in, the 18 years we, we've been doing this, regardless of what our budget was, we were still doing it. You know, it's like that, that wasn't the uh, driving force um, like we got up and did what we did because this is what we want to do. And so whatever money was there, not there, you know, we would still go feed the homeless or clothe the homeless, you know, that, that didn't matter. We still was going to have the heart screening. And so, but with the money, the funding coming, it just allowed us to now expand out to do more of the programs that we can try to touch some of the youths out here uh, and try to help in that way. Um, and even through the basketball, I mean, the Rum Classic has kind of get, given us the name of, you know, city basketball again. Uh, some, you know, a lot of times that foundation is kind of lost in that, not lost, but just kind of overshadowed by that because that's a big event. This, this is a major, it's our primary event of the year and it's, it's become very major, as you know, very big. And we're proud of that. Um, but so, like I said, people now will know all the things the foundation is doing and has been doing. And so, yeah, that's, I think the funding definitely allows us to do so much more. And we just, in the city, recognize it, recognize the state, recognize it. So as we start getting uh, those, the city and the state and corporations and sponsors and uh, just to recognize us and, and to donate, then that allows us to do more. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I'm glad we could talk about this today. Right. Is that like we've been saying, you know, obviously a lot of people know the basketball side exactly. of it, but there is so, so, so much that goes on with the foundation yes. that really does make an impact for a lot of people that are sort of behind closed doors that maybe a lot of people don't really know about. Uh, I asked Sharif and Sharif a similar question about the tournament of like the moment where you feel like you're truly you truly have something like there's something here. And Sharif Bray had said, I think him and Mike were out in LA maybe. And he said, he saw someone in, in rump shorts and he's like, how, like what, how is it like, wait, wait, this was only like a year or two in a couple years in whatever it was. And he was like, how is this? Like, how do you know this? How is this possible? I'm curious for you guys. Did you have any kind of moment like that with the foundation where, I mean, Miss Candy, you had the card story or a, a moment where you start to realize like what you're doing is tangible, special. And like we said, making an impact. Yes. Um, yeah, like he said, like seeing the shorts, you know, being in a different state and 
somebody walk by you and you like, oh, dip on my shorts. Yeah, <laughs> you right? know. To see and Danny's it's like, name yes. and the logo on a pair of shorts somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so it's here. like, yes, you know. But now it's so funny because you go places and you see them now, like when he's out in California, you know, we go to Merlin, the ocean, um, ocean City, like three, four people run up down the uh, beach and got on Danny Rump shorts. That's you know? funny. Um, it's it's now it's like common to see them. <laughs> yeah, for me, one of them was uh, getting a call from friend, a family member or friend that was out of the country, like on at an island, and said, "Hey, no you way. ain't gonna believe what I'm looking at." Somebody, <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, that's why I call. They got a rump short or a rump shirt on. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is, you know, and. Those are, and I've seen it when I'm away at times, seeing somebody and I'll ask them. But I really say at home, my biggest thing was at home here at the tournament, just watching it go back from the gym where the last game had to finish as a half court, you know, with two main people. To to my wildest moment was when James Harden came that year and they gave us the okay to go ahead and promote it, promote him coming. And the line was all the way at the door around the corner on Chew Avenue. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we, we arrived. This has arrived here for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, Uncle Marcus, am I mistaken that you, you've played in a couple tournaments yourself in the early days, that you had a little basketball career yourself and played yourself? Yeah, I didn't play it. Uh, by the time the tournament started, we played in the uh, alumni, the original alumni oh, game. The, okay, <laughs> nah, that's what it was. No, nah, because okay. the tournament uh, started off with amazing talent, man. Like, you know, yeah. we give we – give, um, Hakeem work some credit for for he spare helping bringing in some players and other people, but it, it came right off the ground running with with talent overseas NBA and high high college uh, yeah talent like that. So nah, I didn't give. Uh, we had some friends though that I had friends that sponsored teams and okay. some of them wanted to play. They played, um, but yeah, it went from yeah small individuals uh, sponsoring teams to now we got corporations sponsoring the whole thing. Yeah, so that. That whole growth is amazing. And then one other thing is I have friends to this that we got every pair of shorts from every year. Mm-hmm. And every year they I gotta get my shorts. 18 years of shorts they got. Mm-hmm. And that lets us know like, wow, this is something that people look not only love to do or come to, they look forward to it every yeah. year. Yeah, it's on so everyone's calendar. Everybody's every calendar. Yes. Everybody's calendar. And you have people that just come in to buy shorts. Yeah. yeah. Like they come there and they they like, ladies, you know what I'm here for, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they just come down the line and point. And, it, and it's the same people. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see. In 18 years, when you kind of near that two decade mark, there are going to be people who have played in the early years, but now are too old to keep playing yeah. or coaching <laughs> or whatever, or coming to watch, and you sort of have this new generation. Is it cool to kind of see how, uh, you know, your generation to Danny's generation to a, sort new, of the, generation. a new generation, and we're kind of coming <laughs> up on maybe a, a youngish, a younger generation of players? Just walk me through what it feels like to kind of to see that play out in front of you on the court through a foundation in a tournament like this. Man, you 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 write about that is amazing because <laughs> I'm looking at um, my friends' uh, kids yeah. who were just born; they were infants. Mm-hmm. So now they're off going to college yeah. and play, and who've followed and come through as they got bigger. Their dads would bring them to the games. So mm-hmm. you go from 
friends, we would go together or they would just come by themselves to now they got their kids to now their kids. It's <laughs> not wild. Grandkids. Now they, now they got the grandkids. Yeah. So like yeah. you said, like a whole other generation that you're seeing how good they are. And when you talk to them, the first thing they say is, man, I hope it's still going on when I'm eligible to come play. Yeah. So and that's, we'd be like, wow, that's like a whole nother Because yeah. they look, it's a, a whole generation <laughs> that looks forward to playing, you know, yeah. like, who can I find a team to play with, you know? And these was the kids that was there watching. Yeah. You know, so now they they want to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, who's the team? Who can I go to? <laughs> so. Uh, one last question about the foundation, because um, I don't want to. I want to make sure maybe we don't forget anybody. If there's anybody else that you guys feel like have been instrumental in helping the work that you two have done to grow the foundation and extend the foundation, the ancillary parts of the foundation, there's anybody else that you'd want to kind of give a shout to that has Our helped board. along the way? Yeah, yeah, we have a great board. Our board members have stuck through us, stuck with us, and have been with us, you know, through it all, um, and. It's really nothing that I can't ask since they really, you know, can't be there or can't do it. They say no. But other than that, it's always been yes with them. What I can, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. um, I give Mike his props, you know, yeah. all the work that he do, you know. And and Sharif Prey, he, because what Sharif played, how many years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many years? Sharif yeah. Prey, you know. And, and he and still has never missed at the Rump Center. Never. That's his gym. He's, He's never missed a shot in there. Yes, and, and with the merchandise, you know, my friends came, you know, at a time that I needed them. I just picked up the phone and said, I need y'all. Yeah. And they came. Yeah. And they have been taking care of the merchandise and, you know, and they love it. You know, they love it. And all these people do all this stuff for us and we don't give them a dime. So it's, it's just a blessing to have these people in our lives that is willing to volunteer and step up and, and do what they do. Because, you know, you can't find a lot of people that's going to do. And you know it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. So and we and I, I appreciate them so much. All the guys, you know, all Danny friends, mm -hmm. you know, that said that they was going to be there. They have been there. Have not gone nowhere. My friends, his friends, you know, like one guy that cooked for me for the cookout. He been cooking since the first cookout. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> And it's yes. funny, like even to that point, I mean, it, uh, we always laugh about it, but the way that Mike describes the rump is like a Philadelphia barbecue of basketball. <laughs> and one, there's an actual barbecue that gets everyone <laughs> together, but it really is that in the essence of this annual community it's reunion, mm -hmm. um, to see that play out every year for 18 years must Absolutely. be pretty magical. Yes. Yes. Our board is amazing, but like I said, our supporters, man, we got... We have supporters yes. that reach all the way to California, to Florida. You know, okay. like I have to give uh, Courtney a big shout out for every year when he was playing. You know, he would Nike would give us a shirt to make sure we get our shirts every year. Um, you know, we just have other people that's kind of in the background that just donates to us. You know, uh, but all those those folks that give us their time, donate their time to us, man. We can we are we are like blessed man because they are they some special people and we so appreciate them and, and love them man because they they ride they've been riding with us man and yep. they, they don't seem to be ready to stop so yeah. I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward you know to continue to grow and to continue to see what we do um 
and praying that we get to this two decade mark, man, it's it's gonna be something special, man, yeah. for sure. But, yes, but definitely. yeah, we can't thank all our supporters uh, enough and our board members. Uh, but also when it comes to the rum classic, man, we gotta thank Philadelphia, man, because they come out. Yes, you know they come out and then they and they come out and enjoy the games and there's no issues and that part we truly appreciate that we we're showing the city that we can come together and for this event have a good time and not have no major issues yeah the power of an event the like this and yeah. a moment like this to bring everyone into a gym like that right. sort of lends itself to like something could happen mm -hmm. but the, the the way that people come together for this event is, is really special yeah yes yes it is it um, is so for each podcast we want to end with and uncle marcus you sort of alluded to yours so i'm gonna make you give a different one but mm -hmm. everyone's <laughs> got to give their favorite rump classic memory through 18 years or a moment that stuck out to you along the way uh ending with this what are what are your what's one memory that maybe stands above the rest for you guys go ahead go for it um when james harden walked up to me and told me he came to meet me wow <laughs> <laughs> i was and i stood there a little dumbfired <laughs> and uh that was really special um in the in the very beginning uh the players at the playground just that it was like I'm in the room and all these big guys is in there and I'm like, wow, they, they're really here for us, you know. And it was just truly amazing because we had what's his name, Stacy. He played with Sixers. The guy. He's real big. Oh, <laughs> he didn't play though. He played like the second year or third. Okay. But I was teasing him about his sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just they're, them sitting there joking, the twins, yep. you know, seeing them like go through them stages and just sticking with us for the, all the years that they stuck with us. You know, that, that was just, um, I was thankful for it, you know, and all of them, all the players, you know, that, that just came, that came, come out every year, you know, because we had some of the same players that showed up, you know, even if they wasn't playing on the same team, but you know, that, that just had to play. So it, it just made it so important. It seemed so important. So that, that really, it was just a joy. It really was a joy to, to see it all come together. You know, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of mine for me is, uh, again, one of them is the twins. Definitely got to shout them out for all the work they did to help get the pros in. But I, uh, one of my memorable ones is when Jason Tatum came and the guy um, was talk, was scoring on him and he thought he was doing something and then Tatum went down every time. <laughs> and then he put him in the post and the dog <laughs> It was looking at that dude like, all right. Then when he started playing real D, he couldn't be the other guy. Mark, I think it was Marcus. He couldn't score or something. Yeah. But yeah, because the crowd was just crazy, like edging everything on and, you know, it's everybody's on their seat every time he got the ball, you know. But yeah, that was that would be one moment that I can just close my eyes and continue to see that one because that was a that was a good stretch of three minutes, three and a half minutes that he just put this ball to work. That's <laughs> fantastic. Work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so where can people donate to the cause, donate to the foundation, and help save the next bright star? For anybody listening that wants to donate any capacity, where can they go? Can uh, they let's go to, to our website. Um, D-E-R-I-I-Foundation.org. Uh, we have the PayPal or donation tab there. Uh, we got Cash App. Um, you can donate through the Cash App. Of course, you can uh, donate um, through the tournament and get tickets for the tournament uh, that's coming up. 
Uh, but the, yeah, those are the, uh, say the top places uh, that you can go uh, and donate to. Myself. Episode three of the Danny Rump Classic Podcast. Uncle Marcus, Miss Candy, thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. You man. So Appreciate welcome. it. Thank Appreciate you for it. doing this.